You're listening to a podcast edition of Closer to Truth. For more information about this series, visit our website, closertotruth.com. I never thought free will to be a problem. If I want to walk, I walk. Sit, I sit. Here's the problem. Since every physical event has a prior and sufficient cause, then every current movement of atoms was caused by some prior movement of atoms including all those in my brain that want to walk or sit. Where then free will? Will a non-physical soul come to my rescue? That's what most theists propose. But a soul has its own problem. How does a non-physical substance interact with a closed physical world. What then free will? The question is more fundamental than I'd ever imagined. I'm Robert Lawrence Kuhn, and this is Closer to Truth. I start with Peter Van Inwagen, a philosopher at Notre Dame, known for his penetrating and candid analyses. Peter, free will is a perennial question in philosophy. But yet, if I think I have free will, why is this an issue? It's very easy to explain what free will is, and it's explained uh, by a simple appeal to the simple word able. Um, I'm able to do this, and I'm able to do that. It's not possible jointly to do both of them, everybody agrees, but each one individually is something I'm able to do. If that's true, you have free will. And why is that important? Well, for one thing, morality seems to demand alternatives. Deliberation makes no sense unless we suppose that we're able to do both of the things. Nobody deliberates whether to do A or B uh, unless he or she believes that he's able to do both A and able to do B. Okay, now what happens is that in our understanding of the physical world, there is the concept of determinism, that physical events are each caused by a, subsequent, a previous event, and, and you can trace this all the way back, so there seems to be this flow of physical events that become determined, so that all of our brain cells are determined in some way, and these lead to actions. That's where the problem begins to occur. Exactly. Determinism is the thesis that the past up to a given moment determines the one unique way that the world is going to go on after that moment. You talk to causes, I'd prefer to talk of laws. There are the laws of nature or of physics, various laws and principles like the conservation of uh, energy and the conservation of angular momentum, uh, you know, um, 
various gravitational laws or other force laws, electromagnetic laws. If you take all these laws together, and we mean the real laws, even if physicists haven't got them quite right yet, the doctrine of determinism, the metaphysical thesis of determinism, is that the real laws, given exactly the way the world is now, allow it to go on in only one way. Only one possible future is consistent with the way things are at present and the laws. But then, what becomes a free will? Because you're deliberating, remember, between A and B, between two courses of action that confront you. One of those, if determinism is true, is actually inconsistent with the way things are now and the laws. So it seems that free will is incompatible. Uh, and that you have the illusion of ability to make this choice, but in reality you don't. Yes. And therefore, right. if determinism is as you've defined mm. it, then free will doesn't exist, and you, you have an incompatibility. Right. Free will says we're able to do other things than those we do do. Uh, if determinism is incompatible with free will, it implies that we're able to do just exactly those things we do. But of course, since we have a strong conviction that we were able to do things other than those that we did, then free will must be an illusion. Free will is either incompatible with determinism or it's compatible with determinism. And if it's incompatible, uh, uh, suppose it's both incompatible with determinism and incompatible with indeterminism, and there, there are only two possibilities, determinism and indeterminism, then it's incompatible uh, with every possibility, so it's impossible. It's a mystery to me what's wrong with one of these arguments. But I think it would be a greater mystery if there were no free will. Determinism is where every event is caused by a previous event. So is determinism compatible or incompatible with free will? This is the critical question. My first feeling is, no, it's not. Determinism cannot be compatible with free will. But then what? No free will? That can't be right. Free will seems simple. But the more I think about it, the more complex it becomes. I should see John Searle, one of the world's leading philosophers of mind. Free will is John's kind of problem. We meet in his rustic home near Berkeley, where he's been professor for almost 50 years. John, you've called the problem of free will something of a scandal mm -hmm. in philosophy. Why? The reason that we have a special problem about free will, and this is typical of a lot of philosophical problems, is that we have inconsistent views, each of which is supported by what are apparently overwhelming reasons. The reason for believing that we have free will is that we experience it every day. I mean, I decide to raise my arm, and, and I, it makes my arm go up. I, but if I hadn't decided, my arm wouldn't have gone up. It was up to me. I could have raised my left arm or raised neither arm. We have the experience of conscious, rational decision-making, and we have the experience that the decisions were not themselves forced by antecedently sufficient causal conditions. You can see that if you contrast this case where I voluntarily decide to do something with a case where I'm in the grip of a powerful emotion or I'm an addict of some kind or I'm simply pushed in a certain direction. 
That's the reason that we think we have free will. Okay. But on, on the, the other side, you've got an overwhelming amount of evidence that everything that happens has an explanation in terms of causally sufficient conditions. I mean, if some somebody said, well, why was that? did the Oakland freeway collapse? We can tell you a story that will show you exactly why it had to collapse, why the causes were sufficient to force the collapse. And we don't see any reason to suppose that's not generally true, that as far as we know, uh, human behavior is part of the natural world, and it looks like it ought to be explained in terms of causally sufficient conditions. Now, if we start there, I can understand how some people would say, is okay, I have the absolute certainty that I know from a sequence of, of causes why the earthquake caused the bridge to collapse. Yeah. I can trace it. I can trace it forces molecularly. Yeah. If, I, if I knew every molecule and everything on it, it would be instantly predictable. But where it comes to free will, you can't live your life on the assumption of determinism. You go into the restaurant and that waiter says, do you want the veal or the steak? You can't say, I'm a determinist. Que sera, sera. I'll just wait and see what happens. Because, and this is the point, we can't shake off the conviction of free will. This doesn't show that it's true. I mean, it could be completely false. It could be a massive illusion. If so, the biggest illusion that biology ever, uh, that evolutionary biology ever played on us, because we live our life on the assumption of freedom, we can't get out of that assumption. And yet, for all we know, it might be false. We might be completely determined. We have these two uh, 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 pillars of information, each one yeah. self-consistent, yeah. each one exceedingly b based upon enormous amounts of information that the physical world, every event has a cause in the physical world, right. and our sense of, of, uh, of, of free will, volitional free will, different than perceptual free will, the evolutionary cost, and they are absolutely incompatible with yes, each other. Yes, not only incompatible, but but it's hard to see how we could give up on either of them. See, normally when you get to incompatible things like this, yes. you just give up on one. But I don't see how we can give up on either of these, and there are various possibilities that I can canvas. The problem is, is it the case for every decision that I make that the causes, the antecedent causes of that decision were sufficient to determine that very decision? Because if they are, we have no free will. And it's an illusion. That's right. It's an illusion. And if they're not, if there's some acts where I, we are capable of, uh, of acting, making a rational decision, making whether antecedent condition or not causally sufficient, then we have at least the possibility of free will. So we have before us the two-headed monster of free will and determinism. John says they are incompatible, not compatible. And yet we can't kill off either one. We're stuck with both. And they're not compatible. That's the mystery. Free will is no mystery to Daniel Dennett, the distinguished philosopher at Tufts University. Nor is he disturbed by the argument that free will and determinism are not compatible. This is the heart of my conundrum, and I am pleased Dan is my guide. Dan, if I were to believe in materialism, physicalism, that everything in my mind is my brain, and everything is determined in a physical world, how then can I have 
free will. I think this is the hidden agenda for all of the consciousness work and particularly the controversy around it. People want to know about free will. They want to protect free will. And so they should. It's very important. Uh, but what they also have to realize is that free will is just as hard to reconcile with indeterminism. If the world is undetermined, it's just as hard to see how you could have free will that mattered because you want to determine what you do. It's really interesting that we use this word determined and mainly it's a, it's, it's a term of praise. We say, she's so determined <laughs> and so we should. It's, we want to determine our actions, yeah, yeah. but we don't want us to be determined in the determining of our actions. Now, right. I think that people have been looking in the wrong place for 2,000 years and more on this. They've been looking at physics, determinism, indeterminism physics. They should have been looking at biology because the key to free will is understanding that free will is a, is a biological level phenomenon. It's not a physical level phenomenon. We are freer than our parts. Our parts don't have free will. But we do. Now, how could that possibly be? Without adding something extra. Without adding anything mysterious. So we have to make free will compatible with determinism. Right. But we're not going to say that our, our actions aren't determined, but we're going to show that they're not inevitable. Now, the most natural thing in the world to say is, if my future is determined, then it's inevitable. What on earth does that mean? Compare. If my future is determined, it's determined. That's true. That's just a tautology. So what does the word inevitable add? What does it mean more than yeah, determined? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. If we want to get clear on this, we have to see what inevitable means. It means unavoidable. So then we have to get clear about what avoiding is. And then we can begin to see the biological dimension. Because what's happened on this planet over the last four billion years has been an explosion of avoiding. Avoiding dissolution, avoiding being eaten, avoiding starving to death. Uh, what evolution has done is designed organisms that do a little bit of avoiding. And there's been an arms race and the avoiders have become cleverer and cleverer and cleverer. And how do you avoid something? You avoid something by anticipating it and then taking corrective measures. Right. Simplest case, incoming brick. You see it, you <laughs> duck, you avoid it. You say, well, you see, I avoided that incoming brick. Well, was it ever really going to hit you? No, because <laughs> the light bounced off the brick into your eyes. You saw it you, in time so that you ducked. So suppose you were determined to duck. Well, then the brick was never going to hit you, was it? It just seemed as if it was going to hit you. What we have to understand is that free will is our capacity to see probable futures, futures that seem like they're going to happen, in time to take steps so that something else happens instead. Now, we, we, people say, you can't change the past. That's true. Yeah. Uh -huh. You can't change the future either. From what to what? I mean, <laughs> the future is what happens next. But what you can do is change what you thought the future was going to be into something else. And this is the key to avoiding. Here's my problem. I see at the physics level this 
absolute determinism sure. of Determin particle yep. and particle from way back. Now at the biological level, we're talking about avoidance. So how does the avoidance help us to avoid the determinism? Because it is determined. Well, it is determined, but just remember that that's not as important as people have thought because it doesn't apply inevitability. I, I hate to tell you the conclusion I seem to be coming to. I'm embarrassed to tell you, but I, I, I seem to feel if it's all physical, that free will it, there's something wrong with that definition, or exactly. I can't I can't deal no. with a traditional definition of free yeah. will under either scenario, right. determinism or indeterminism, unless I add something extra and some non-physical stuff. Then I can get my free will. Uh, I, I think that's right. I think we have to recognize that, sure, there are varieties of free will, the traditional varieties, which who cares whether we've got them. The varieties that matter, the varieties of free will worth wanting, as I've said, are com perfectly compatible with determinism. Now, do we have to give up something? Yeah, we have to give up some of the ideology about freedom. We also have to give up something, and good riddance to it, about blame and responsibility. That would scare some people. I think so. They want to be absolutist about responsibility. I mean, the idea of just in the eyes of God, <laughs> sin, uh, uh, that has to go. Uh, but what we replace it with is still a very rich and familiar concept. And that is, we're not deluded about our sense of our own capacity. We are determined to be the masters of our fate to a surprisingly gratifying degree. So Dan's determinism erodes some of the traditional notions of free will. Because everything we do is determined by the underlying physics of our brains and its environment. Even so, Dan says, because biological creatures have learned how to avoid bad things, nothing is inevitable. All is determined, but not inevitable? I'll have to ponder that. Maybe I've pushed philosophy as far as it can go. Maybe I should get back to my original field, the brain. Maybe I should recall what my brain scientist friends have told me. Certainly consciousness exists, there's no question about it. And I don't know, I'm, I'm ambivalent about free will. Right now I don't see how in a physicalist universe free will can really survive. On the other hand, I have this profound feeling of free will. Since I believe in the physical world, I think that everything is likely grounded in a physical process. My argument is, I don't know what the process is. That is, the process is not limited to the act of you moving your arm, it has to do with the decision to move your arm, and I don't understand the physical process that underlies decision. So when I'm playing ping pong, I love ping pong, a different part of the brain is dealing with it. It's not that I see the ball coming, decide to do this kind of shot, and then it happens. It's way faster. The information has not got to the perception bit by the time the arm's done it. Now we tend to tell ourselves these stories that I did it, and I hit the ball, and so on. What's the I? 
No, this arm and that system was doing this, and this one was thinking about, oh, I wonder if I'm going to win, and th they're all parallel. And I think it is possible more to live your life that way and realise that and drop this sort of idea of, an, of a self that has continuity, because it's not there. There's a similarity carrying on, but there's nobody there to tie it together. Up to one second before I make one of these spontaneous movements, there's a build-up across, on, on, on particular my, my, my premotor cortex, which is probably involved, I mean, the electric activity here reflects the uh, activity of the underlying neurons that are responsible for planning and for executing motion. And so in this case, there's a clear sequence of events. One second before I move my hand, I can start measuring a potential electrical negativity here. 500 milliseconds into that, I first feel the urge to constantly move. I've just decided spontaneously, me, Christoph, has decided to move. And then 200 milliseconds later, the movement actually occurs. So now what you have is problem that actually my brain seemed to have decided 500 milliseconds before me, before Christoph, <laughs> to, to, to move my hand and it, to flex my hand. And it turns out, sort of it sent me a carbon copy, the conscious me, and then I think I'm actually responsible for it. Well, in fact, my brain is responsible for it. So here we have a problem because the free will seems to come half a second after something in my brain has already decided to, to, to flex my wrist. On this view, there can't be free will in the traditional sense. I mean, free will is all bound up with self. Free will, as most people would have it, is something like I can for no reason at all, not because of, you know, things in my brain or anything else, choose what I want and it's my responsibility. That can't be so when you see how the brain works and how all the information flows through the brain and so on. So let's give up on it. The fact that I believe something is answerable scientifically doesn't mean that I already have the mechanism to answer the question. If I knew how to answer it today, I would. <laughs> Some physicists think it may be possible by using very esoteric aspects of things like quantum mechanics that you, you can have free will, that free will is essentially free to, uh, to throw that you have physics which gives you the probability of a certain event happening. Like say event A happens 50% of the time, event B happens 50% of the time. But that actually what happens on this particular trial right now, that's that's indeterminate according to quantum mechanics, but maybe the, the mental or the spirit, or however you want to call it, can influence that choice and make the choice for you on this particular trial uh, subject to the probabilities that are given by physics. I'm confused there. How do we get a mental spirit thing in here? Okay, the idea of, of, of these models would be that there's a physical world, okay, the material world that we all know, and then there's a mental world. How can you have free will without being a dualist? I mean, almost by definition, if, you, if you're not a dualist and you think physicalist, physicalism is all there is, there's only force fields and matter and energy, of course, then there's no free will. But a, a lot of people who believe in, in purely physicalism, materialism, and a limited materialism where there's even no kind, really try to create a, 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 a free will. I mean, I mean, I think this is a metaphysical question. I'm not sure this is a scientific question. I think this is a metaphysical question. And so I can make metaphysical statement just as well as any other. A as a philosopher can, my claim would be if you're not a dualist, I do not see where free will could come from because there's nothing else except blind chance and necessity. So I think if you do believe in some version of free will, you have to believe there's something outside the mere physical, that physical isn't everything. Or you say, well, there's two types of stuff. There's a physical and then there is some sort of mental thing, call it information, you call it dual aspect of information, call it something else, but there's something else above and beyond the mere, the mere physical brain.
If it seems perfectly obvious that you are free to choose and decide, then it seems perfectly clear that you underestimate the problem. Free will is a huge problem. I believe that my will is fully free, that free will is not an illusion. And to me, free will is not compatible with determinism. If I cannot do otherwise, no matter the philosophical maneuverings, I'm sorry, my will is not fully free. What would it take for my will to be fully free? Nothing less than a causal gap across which prior physical actions could not leap. Somewhere, breaking the chain of deterministic events. But that too seems impossible because the entire universe is a closed physical system. And the uncertainty of quantum mechanics doesn't help. How is utter randomness free will? When you see how the brain works and how all the information flows through the brain and so on. So let's give up on it. So should I question my assumptions? Maybe my will is less free than it feels. Maybe there's more to reality than physical actions. If you're not a dualist, I do not see how where free will could come from because there's nothing else except blind chance and necessity. There seems no solution. So I regard free will as a complete mystery. That's why the problem of free will takes us closer to truth. To watch complete conversations with over 100 of the world's leading thinkers on cosmos, consciousness, and meaning, visit our website, closertotruth.com.